Episode 7, A Brazilian Polyglot. Hello and welcome. Today I'm excited to invite my first ever guest onto the podcast. I would like to introduce you to my friend Joana Olila, a Brazilian polyglot who is passionate about learning and teaching languages. Joana also lives in Sao Paulo, where she has her own online school called English Pills, where she teaches to all levels of English students. Joanna has an excellent level of English. However, this is a normal conversation, so at times we do speak quite quickly. Therefore, if you find it difficult to understand at any moment, then I recommend that you read the free transcript available for this episode at schoolofduda.com. It is the best way to develop your comprehension and expand your vocabulary. With all that said, let's begin. Here is Joanna Olila. Okay, welcome, Joanna, to the School of Duda English podcast. Uh, you are my first guest on this podcast, um, so it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much. I didn't know I was the first one. Wow. Yeah, okay. Good. First one today. So thank yeah. you so much. That's an yeah. honor. Yeah. So um, it's a pleasure to finally meet you face to face because we've known each other for a year or two now. I think. Yeah. Um, something around that. Yeah. yeah. And we recorded a, a British Expressions workshop course yes, together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so lovely to see you in person. Um, so let's let's begin. Um, so tell me when you first started learning languages and how many languages you speak. Well, it all started when I was eight, and my mom decided it was time for me to to learn English. Actually, my father was against it because he said it was too soon, but my mom just like went ahead and enrolled me. So I took uh, my first year in a, in a school here in Brazil that is called CCAA. And after that, my mom said, no, 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 you're not learning fast enough, let's change it. So I went to another school, which is Fisk. I stayed there for three years. And finally, my mom decided again to change me and then I went to Cultura Inglesa. Uh, where I stayed for six years, so in total I was studying English from eight until 18. Uh, for you guys who are listening, that this doesn't mean that you need 10 years to learn English. I was already fluent when I was about 13, 14. I could totally communicate, uh, but you can always improve, you know. Then uh, when I was about 16, I started taking French by the age of 17 Spanish and in university and also in the technique technique course I took in tourism we had languages we had more classes of English and Spanish and now in the meantime I was, I was always taking French that I loved very much and I've been I think almost all the way of university I was in um, Alianza Francesa it was really nice then, when I finally left university, I started working on cruise ships and then I learned Italian and a little bit of German that I don't remember much anymore. So yeah, that's pretty much that. Okay, cool. So, so that's what, it's obviously your native language is Portuguese because you're yeah. Brazilian. Mm -hmm. So then English, um, French, French Spanish, Spanish, and German, Italian. Italian for sure, I, I teach also Italian, French and, and English. But Spanish, German, I almost don't remember much of it anymore. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but it's nice. Cool. Uh, I'm just going to start the camera because I forgot to press. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
first mistake. <laughs> it happens. Okay, so you teach languages. You have your own language school online. Um, you obviously have learned a lot of languages. Uh, you're a polyglot. Um, are you actively learning languages on a daily basis? And if so, what, what is your routine like for learning languages? Actually, I should be because, as you know, my boyfriend is Polish, so I was supposed to be learning it so I can communicate with my family there and everything, but I actually stopped to focus on, on uh, my business. But basically, when I am studying, I try to get the basic grammar, which is like um, an skeleton of the language, so you can include vocabulary, you can include pronunciation from the beginning which is something that I always tell, stu tell students like if you don't know a word just go dig, dig into it as until you get it because if you start by learning it wrong it's much more difficult to get it right later and this happens also in Portuguese with a lot of people who say words in the wrong way wrong pronunciation etc this also happens in Portuguese and it's already hard for these people to swift imagine with a foreign language so um, I try to come from grammar and include a lot of vocabulary listen a lot with movies with uh, videos with music especially I've always used music with all the languages I speak from the beginning I would find a singer or a band that I really liked and I took all the lyrics and I started getting the, um, the vocabulary, the grammar inside of it, the expressions especially, because they are a bit tricky. You go like, well, wait, this with this doesn't really work, doesn't really make sense. And then when you realize it's an expression. And by doing that, you get more, how can I say? You get more, you know, smart about them. You already know that, okay, this doesn't really fit, so probably is an expression. But this takes time and practice. Experience. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I agree completely. So the most recent language I learned was Spanish. And my approach for this language was not to speak for the first six months. So okay. it's purely just input, mm -hmm. lots of listening, reading. And the idea behind that is if you speak too soon, you know, you can make mistakes with pronunciation and learn the pronunciation wrong and it's really hard to correct it afterwards. So this is kind of my approach now with new students is to kind of encourage them to get, you know, maybe 500, 1,000 hours of input of listening and reading before they start to, to speak. Um, and yeah, I think it's kind of counterintuitive because often new students, they just want to, oh, I want to speak from day one. And, um, but I think from my experience, this approach uh, works well. I see your point and I add that it's also important to uh, to notice how close your langu language is from the language you're learning. Yeah. Because for example, from Portuguese to Spanish or Italian, I don't think it's such a big deal to just try to make short sentences because of pronunciation because um, it can be a bit confusing, first of all. Uh, this triangle of languages, it, it's quite complicated because when I was working on the ship, we had people who spoke Portuguese, mainly in Brazilians. We had Spanish, uh, people who spoke Spanish from a lot of different countries in South America and also Spain. And we also had Italians. 
when there was an Italian trying to learn Spanish and Portuguese, they would get confused with these two languages. And the same for the rest of the triangle. Like if you speak one native la one language of your natives, a native native language, the other two would get you know confused between them. So um, the experience of learning by doing, by seeing what is going on and everything, as I did when I learned Italian, gave me also this feeling that no, I have to try firsthand because because it is so tricky, so hard, so hard to separate the boxes, like Spanish and Italian. I was like, my God, um, it, it was so close. It, right yes, it was vital to 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 learn the, the words and try to separate them as soon as you could. Otherwise, you're going to make like a fruit salad. and You could never, you know, put things aside. So um, I think it depends on the language too. Okay, cool. Um, so, are there any other languages that you'd like to learn in the future? You mentioned you kind of started Polish. Is that Polish? Sort of something that I find very beautiful is Arabian, Arabic, Arabian. Yeah, Ar Arabic or Arabic. Arabian languages. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, Arabic. 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 I find it nice. I recently watched a, um, a reality show. It's on Netflix called. In Portuguese, they say it's. I think it's. Bling up, something like that, or is, is it right? Bling up. Bling up. Yeah, or, I don't know. Or blind up. I don't know if it's an expression. I actually didn't check it, but in Portuguese is Dubai ostentação. Ah, I think yeah, like bling, as in like yeah, when flashy, when flashy and with money. Your, yeah, yeah, with money and you're showing off. That's the thing, and um, I I really liked it because they speak half arabic half english and yeah. i i like i don't know i like how it sounds yeah the arabic language sounds beautiful yeah it sounds really yeah. beautiful i recently watched a turkish series on netflix mm -hmm. and i was actually like watching it dubbed in spanish but every now and again it would switch back to turkish so ah. i listened to a little bit and obviously okay. didn't understand anything but it, <laughs> it sounds yeah so like beautiful and different yes it is nice i've been there when i was um in 2013 yeah was my last contract working on bra uh, uh, on board and basically I was there from April until October every week we had two days in in Turkey one day in Izmir and another day in Istanbul Istanbul and uh, it's fascinating and uh, they are super flexible I remember that at the time there was a soap opera here in Brazil uh, a little bit before that the parts of the soap opera were recorded in, in, in Istanbul and there is there was all the the um, the plot was between Brazil and Turkey so a lot of Brazilians were flying were going to to Turkey to get to know the country so they had learned Portuguese because they had this this uh, I don't know this enormous amount of Brazilians is coming up and they they have oh it's the bang so they just well, learned, well, yeah, how to actually first they think I'm French somehow I somehow I speak French that I'm from Africa or maybe French then I say okay I speak French but I'm not French I'm Brazilian and then they started speaking in Portuguese and I found that fascinating yeah. you know they just picked up the language Amazing like that how quick they are to, to exactly. pick a new language yes okay yeah. Yeah. do you feel that learning languages has influenced your personality or your perspective of the world in Definitely. any way Totally, totally. Uh, from the beginning, uh, I remember was 
I was eight, nine, and I was learning this, and I was like, "This is it really true? Do people really speak other languages in other countries?" Because I was just a child. I didn't have this dimension of the world, how things worked, and you could travel to different places and everything. And my family wasn't the type of family that would travel abroad. Like we had family in other states, so we would travel and visit them, go to the beach, go to the countryside. That was basically our types of travel. There. These were our, our types of traveling. So um, it totally changed my perspective. And I thought, no, someday I would go, I don't know, maybe to London, maybe to New York, maybe, I don't know, or any other country, maybe Australia someday. And as I was growing up, because of the language, I chose my profession. I chose to take tourism in university. And also because of the language, I chose that someday I would travel the world and everything. So basically when I, uh, I presented my my final project at university on the Monday. Uh, on Friday, I was in Savona in Italy, wow. embarking. Yes, basically four days later, uh, I, we rushed the teachers. We were the first group to present because in a few days I had to be in Europe, and I started working abroad. And then I met all the countries I met. I've been to all the places I've been. So yes, it made totally difference in my life. And after I came back to Brazil, I worked here and there. Then I started my own business teaching. And then today I have my business because of English. Today I can, I can um, share everything that I've learned because not you know it's not only the language, it's the culture, uh, the expressions, the way people think. And when you travel abroad, it's like your mind goes, you know, yeah. <laughs> opens up totally. And you get to you get to see the world in, with the different perspectives, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So so from learning languages, you had the opportunity to work on a cruise boat, right? Yes. And I imagine that was an incredible experience for mm -hmm. learning languages, but just just for life. So I've had like hundreds of students over the years, and one of my favorite um, or proudest uh, moments with a student was a Brazilian guy. So he came to me with like basically no English. And he said, James, please like, teach me English. I need to pass this test to go on a, to work on a cruise ship. And his dream was to be a cleaner on a cruise ship. Um, and so he studied with me for, I think, six months and took the test, passed. And then, yeah, we became friends on Facebook. And every week he'd send me a picture of him in the Caribbean or in Italy or and you know this is like the first time he traveled outside brazil mm -hmm. and he got an award for being like the best employee on the boat one month wow. and yeah and just a really nice guy and yeah i think like oh, i was really happy that i was able to help him um to achieve this experience and now he travels the world working on a, on cruise ships yeah I, I never thought in my life that at the age of 25 i would have been to about 20 countries you know because I had traveled before, I had been to Argentina, I had been to France, Spain, and, uh, and Italy. And then I finally started embarking, right? But the thing is not only the countries, because in one of my contracts, we had these special tours in, um, around France and Italy. So we visited a lot of different small cities that usually are not in a regular itinerary because this group of French had booked the trip, they had booked the boat 
just for them with their itinerary. So I went to places like I tell people that I've been to Siracusa or Albia in south of Italy, and they go like, "What? How? How come you have been to these places like Salerno? Also, place, yeah, sort of and really beautiful, really beautiful. Like, I I would like to go back to Albia because I didn't really get the chance to um, to go to the beach there, and it's out of this world just like go to to google and go all be a pictures and then you will see how beautiful that place is so i've been to places that like portofino which is a very fancy city in the north next to genova uh was also something that people say you've been to portofino say yes i've been there you know so um and it, it was all because of the languages and especially in my case because of french because basically everybody speaks English, you know? Like when you talk about like working internationally, everybody speaks English. But when you go when you go down to learning more um, not different languages, but something out of English, that gives you a, like say, okay, this is different. And basically they wanted me because of the French because they have a lot of French people on board and everything and I was I kind of became the specialist of dealing with French I knew the the problems already I knew what they were going to complain about already uh, like uh, the, the air conditioning or noises like it's too much for them you know so <laughs> so I already knew how to deal with them so yes and it all started with English yeah so I guess, yeah, most people on the boat can speak some level of English, but yes. not many people can speak French like you or some other languages, yes. and so it makes you more mm -hmm. valuable. And mm -hmm. um, Or some of them spoke like Spanish and English, for example, because Spanish was their native langu language. But to work in the reception, you have to speak more languages because uh, it's the place where the passengers feels welcomed because the rest of the ship basically people speak English like you have Philippines you have Indonesians and they don't they usually don't speak other languages very rare actually uh, it's I think it's difficult for them for, from that language to come to a Latin language is yeah. quite complicated so uh, I only met one Philippine girl who spoke a little a uh, little bit of German and it was like wow and Italian too and before you, you said, uh, you know, I started embarking. So that basically means like when you started working on the ship, is that? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, from mm -hmm. like the verb to embark. And, okay. If you had one piece of advice for people to be successful at learning a language, uh, what would it be? To be consistent. That's the most important thing. It doesn't matter if you're studying by yourself, an online course, private teacher, in a group, whatever. Just go ahead. The amount of people that come to me that saying, oh, I studied from this year to that year, then I forgot everything. Then I have to start it all over from where I started in, in the past. And say, so, yes, be consistent, just go forward. And another thing, apart from being consistent, um, actually is not only be consistent, but do it every day. Yeah. Uh, I know some people don't agree with that, but for me, it's an everyday thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think, yeah, consistency, discipline, and yeah, do something every day. So it could be like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, exactly. half an hour, whatever. Exactly. Um, but if you build it into your habit, so, mm -hmm. you know, wake up and uh, brush, your teeth. brush your teeth, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> learn some languages. And every day I, I cook something, and while I cook, I listen to some Spanish or Portuguese. Yes. 
Yeah. So it's just my habit, you know, and exactly. it's, it's kind of effortless to just incorporate. In the beginning, it's going to be discipline. There's no way out. But when you, as you go forward, this discipline becomes a habit. So it's easier. You just go with the flow. And as you see you're uh, evolving, you feel more excited about it. So it's not a, a burden anymore. You just go with the flow. So yeah. consistency is the key. Is there a book or a blog, podcast, YouTube channel in English that uh, you would recommend to this audience? Um, there is a YouTube channel that doesn't have to, doesn't have to do with uh, learning English, English specifically, but there is a YouTube channel called Pickup Lines. I don't know if you heard about it. It's a girl that lives in Holland. Oh, pick, pick up lines? Or limes. Limes, like the fruit. Limes, the fruit. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I really like it because uh, she's, a, she's vegan and she shows a lot of nice recipes. Not that I'm vegan, but I love that that that, um, that kind of, um, of food and cooking and everything. And it's nice because she always talks how to, e to live an easy life, mm -hmm. like, you know, just go with the flow, saying no for things that don't really matter because otherwise, you know, with this crazy life that we live, especially living in the city and not like you have parks, but it's not the same as, I don't know, going to the beach or the countryside, something like that. So, uh, and she has very nice English, easy to understand. So it's a mixture of like way of living with English. So yeah, that would be a nice channel to okay. follow. Great, yeah, great tip. So I'll leave a link to that in the transcript for anyone who's interested. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's it. You you basically want to find content that doesn't have to be about learning languages, but something you're interested in. So if you're interested in cooking or food, like everybody loves food. So yeah, that's yeah. the perfect kind of material to to you know improve your your English. Yeah, exactly. And then she has like uh, the vocabulary is general, so you get to learn more of the basic English you need to communicate. Mm -hmm. So you're a language teacher like me, so I'm always curious to ask, um, you know, what's one of the best and the worst things about teaching languages? Uh, the best is to see students evolving and excited about, uh, about the process, because it is a process, it takes time, it takes practice. So um, I've received from three students recently, two went to New York and came back really excited about the experience they had and they felt more at, easy to, at ease to speak to, and to listen and everything. So this is the most amazing part for me. And another one that works in the multinational, she said that finally she approached the foreigner and she joined the conversation. So, and she was always, you know, escaping. Mm -hmm. So this is really, really exciting. Um, what is annoying is that some people want results without working. <laughs> yeah. That's really annoying. They don't take classes, they cancel a lot. They, um, uh, I, I'm not saying like homework as it used to be back then. Homework today can be anything basically. So doing more than just attend classes yeah. and wanting a lot, like, Amazing results. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I have you know students like that, and they arrive first class, and they want to learn English, but they don't want to put the work in. Basically, yeah. they don't want to go through the process. But worst of all, they ask you, 
How long? In how yeah. much time do you make me fluent? So I don't make anybody fluent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's like impossible to say, <laughs> right? You can't. So yeah, I totally agree with that one. Okay, so this next question, not necessarily about learning languages, but is there anything that you think you do too much of now that you may regret later in life, say 10 years from now? Procrastinating? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just postponing things sometimes is, is annoying. I, I, I try to, to stick to my agenda, like I had to cancel last week because I was sick. But that was something different. But I don't usually cancel, or I don't like that. Um, but procrastinating is something complicated to deal with. But uh, like we're humans, we is every day being a little bit better. Yeah, we're slightly addicted to procrastinating on our phones, this sort mm -hmm. of thing. So yeah, I agree. Um, it's funny actually. So last week, after you said you were sick and you had to cancel, yeah, uh, I got the flu the next oh. day. So I was I had the flu all last week. It was terrible just recovered at the weekend um, so yeah it's a good job we cancelled yeah okay is there a negative experience in your life which you wouldn't want to repeat but has made you stronger working on the ship I think I wouldn't I wouldn't come back uh, because it's intense you work long hours for many months you don't have like a day off mm -hmm. it doesn't really exist uh, but yes it made me much stronger and much more resilient and um, a person who doesn't know um, how can I say just, just just doesn't go crying for anything that happens um, I saw I saw people on the ship like one week there and they were like oh I can't take this anymore I'm gonna leave it's like come on work on that resilience a little bit you know because it's hard you are away from your family from your friends and um, there are days that are not okay that you go home that you go home <laughs> that you go to your cabin and just you just cry and and then your family calls how's everything amazing i'm fantastic like like what's the point of calling and saying no i'm not okay today this this and that happened so no i'm fine like i'm physically i'm i'm okay i'm working i i have my friends here so but it wasn't easy it wasn't easy but the, um, besides all the odds, we had amazing experience, like uh, being in the fjords in Norway or being in Russia. Like uh, when I was there in St. Pittsburgh, I, I looked around me, I said, my gosh, what am I doing here? I'm yeah, so wow. far from home. Yeah, well, yeah. Amazing contrast yeah. of cultures. Exactly. And people would look at me in the streets because like being black and, and I remember I was with it was me, a friend of mine who was German and she was blonde with blue eyes, and one guy from Argentina that looked like looked European, and a guy from Paraguay. We were all four together walking in in some in some Pittsburgh, and I remember one of them saying, "Wow, everybody looks at her," and they're like, "Of course, Diana is beautiful," and I said, "No, it's not her, it's you." And I was like, "Ah," and I hadn't even realized, you know. But because I was so different, of course. Uh, people will look but yes that's um, an experience I was I was going to take for the rest of my life yeah you can stand out in Russia and get a lot of attention and yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah and I had some good friends who did the cruise boat ship experience so working on cruise ships mm -hmm. 
and for them they always say you know they tell me so many stories and it's like the, one of the best experiences of their life but it's so intense like it's such hard work you know you work non-stop for months and months you kind of burn out yeah. so imagine this yeah it's very challenging mm -hmm. very difficult at times um but yeah probably best when you're young right and you're yeah and you know you don't have kids or, or yeah. somebody waiting for you home yeah for sure and when i said you should try you should try with your family like as a tourist okay yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes yeah one day i would love to try a cruise yeah, ship it's cool it's cool it's a different experience um you don't get much time to really get to know the cities where you're going to but inside so, but the magic of being in a ship is enjoying everything it offers. So that's the thing. What concerns you or excites you about the future in general or about the future of learning languages? What I think is really exciting about learning languages is that uh, we're, get, we're getting together more and more, each time more, especially after the pandemic. Uh, we're more connected even though we are away. So. The necessity of speaking other languages were even higher than before. So, uh, and another thing is that people who are learning now have to have bear in mind that they could be teachers in the future as well, even if it's just like a second income or something extra. But still, uh, sharing knowledge is the best way to learn it. Yeah, I so, it's it's just amazing. I like to teach, no matter what. I also give lectures because I'm a coach and um, a behavior analyst. So putting all of this together gives a combination that empowers people to really go forward and speak because they want to speak, but they are afraid to speak. So with coaching, I found a way to use tools and exercises to make them, you know, uh, let it out. Um, something that concerns me is that more and more people want things in an easy way especially the young ones they I don't know I, I, here where I'm working people are not treating me right they're not treating me the way I should be treated or I didn't get the promotion I should have I should have had I don't know last year and say yes but what exactly that are you doing to get that promotion you know so um, it really concerns me that they are not into studying nor working so how are things going to, to be in the future, you know, because economy moves by having people giving jobs and people getting jobs. And for that, study is essential. And we are now in a, in a culture that, uh, that is lifelong study, like you, you're going to study forever, basically, it, no matter what, because there are always new things coming. And if you stop, you're not only stopped, you're going back. So this is something that concerns me, like people not wanting to yeah. really do something about it. And it's for themselves, no, it's not that, you're, no, I'm gonna do this for James. No, no, it's like for me, my future. How are this, like in this book, in Sapiens, they are homo deus, I don't remember which one exactly. They talk about something like that. There will be people in the future that they, they will have no knowledge able to give them a job. So governments and society will have to find a way to to provide for these people. So this this is this concern. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, we're increasingly getting more and more amazing technology. So I mean, just just Netflix, the fact that you can 
can watch a TV series and you can choose from 20 different languages. You know, that to me is incredible. Like, if I had that when I was yes, learning English, exactly. my gosh, I would have learned in half of the yeah, time. Yeah. Because even on Disney Plus, you have on Disney Plus you have like you have Polish. Like sometimes I, my boyfriend would watch we would watch things in Polish so I could listen to it a little bit. So you have in all languages basically. So you can just like yeah. explore. The same when I learned German, I didn't have any content to listen to. So I think that's amazing. And you know, like Instagram, you know, we can connect with people all over the world, learn languages through listening to them. But at the same time, you know, the negative sides of these technology like Instagram is it fragments our attention span. And yeah, we have problems now concentrating for more than five or 10 minutes. And if you want to read a book and after 10 minutes, you're like, I've got to look at Instagram. And you know, so this is a real problem for studying and learning languages because it does require focus, you know, and sometimes you have to focus for an hour. Yeah, exactly. So just, yeah, one of the problems we face, I think, with uh, new technology. After the pandemic, I really had problems in reading because before I was up and down, so I was reading while I was commuting. And if it were, there was too much noise, I would just put a headphone and just go for it. And now uh, I basically stay home. I didn't have the habit of reading at home, so it's, uh, it's a bit hard. And uh, apart from that, like every five minutes you have to check this thing, yeah. your phone. And like, why? I didn't have to do that before. Why am I doing that so much right now? And it's like a two years, two, three years from the pandemic till here and then. Uh, and, and this is also really nice because it proves that we can adapt and we can adapt easily. So if we could adapt into a bad habit, we can also adapt into a good habit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But we have to put in effort into it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, and I'm the same. Like when I was younger, I used to read for hours and hours a day when I had time to read. Uh, and now it's really sad, you know. I, I, I start reading and after like half an hour, I'm really enjoying the book, you know, really but then, anxious. but yeah, I just have to get my phone out of my pocket and have a look and I look at Instagram, there's nothing interesting there and then I put it back in my pocket and it's just like, why am I doing that? And it's a habit that, you know, breaks my concentration. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Sometimes you want to check the weather and then you open Instagram and say, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so final question. Um, do you have a slang word or expression in Portuguese that is like an expression that's similar to English that you use that you could share with the audience? Uh, let me think. There is something really nice about Portuguese that we don't have in English, is that we have a few expressions that are so, so Brazilian. And then, I, and then my boyfriend asked me, asked me sometime that I'm like, I don't know. Uh, but I remember that he, he was always saying like, tamo junto. He learned this. And uh, it's an expression that's like, like I, I've, I've got your back, mm -hmm. you know? And well, it's tamo junto. Tamo junto. Like, estamos juntos. Mm -hmm. in, like in, we are together. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, whatever it goes, like, yeah, tamo junto. Like, I, I'm, I'm coming with you. We're going to do this mm -hmm. together, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it would be a nice expression. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so I don't think I knew that one, so you've taught me a new expression. Really? Tamo okay. Junto. 
So it's like, yeah, you've you've got my it's back. It's very informal. Or yeah, got each other's back. Mm -hmm. It's really, yeah. really, really informal. And then, uh, um, part of my family is Corinthian, is is uh, supportive of Corinthians, and they go, they try to persuade him to be Corinthian here mm -hmm. in Brazil and everything. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, tamo junto. And then my mom goes for São Paulo, and my mom said, no, 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 Corinthians, no, no. <laughs> and he goes. I'm sorry, I cannot go against my mother-in-law. You know, it's complicated. You know, but tamo junto, tamo junto. <laughs> yeah, everyone I meet in Brazil, they try and sort of brainwash me into supporting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thank God I, I'm, I'm not into it. Like, I like soccer, like World Cup. It's nice, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm more into volleyball than, volleyball. than soccer. Oh, yeah. cool. I yeah. like it more. Cool. Right. So we've come to the end of the podcast. Aww. So it's been an absolute pleasure. I feel like Me I could too. talk to you all day, um, but I'm sure we've already gone way over the time. So um, <laughs> talk too much. But yeah, it's been no, no, no. It's been it's been great. So um, yeah, maybe in the future we can do more uh, podcasts and we can talk about other things. Or yeah, even um, invite more people. Isn't it? Yeah. Up yeah, to you. Yeah. But um, that was wonderful. So thank you very much. Right? Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being me, the first one to be invited to come. Thank you so much. Okay, great. Well, I hope everybody's enjoyed listening to that. Um, and yeah, remember there's a free transcript to download at schoolofduda.com. Um, and yes, until, until next time. Thank you.